Okay now? All right. We're working on our wireless mic technology, as you can see. So please continue to bear with us. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. We are uh, strolling through the Gospel of Luke. You can be turning to Luke chapter 6. Uh, uh, before we uh, do that, just a few reminders here up on the board of some things that are coming up. Our family group leaders meeting, normally we have the first Saturday of the month, has been postponed to the 17th of June uh, at the Purcells at 10 a.m., so those who normally attend that, just uh, mark that in your diaries. Uh, we have moved our midweeks officially to Wednesday nights as a church. The first two Wednesdays of the month, we'll be meeting together, so it starts this Wednesday, the 7th of June. Uh, King, uh, King, King Edwards, where we are today, was not available, uh, unfortunately, with this new plan for just the 7th, so we are going to actually meet at Sutton Park, and we were going to meet at the Town Gate in Sutton Park. It's a large park, but Town Gate, Google Maps, Town Gate, Sutton Park, it'll take you right there, and that's where we're going to meet at 7 p.m. this Wednesday for some prayer and worship and some sh- sharing of our faith in the park together. Uh, this Wednesday and the next uh, Wednesday, a week from Wednesday, we'll be back here together for our next Disciple Makers Quiz and Disciple Makers Session. Uh, and the session is on repentance. Um, and don't forget, brothers, uh, next weekend is our men's retreat. Uh, Brave Hearts in Scotland. We're going to unite the clans. And uh, if you have not yet signed up, you can still come. Um, we only have room in the tents now as far as as far as accommodations. But certainly you can still get in last minute to camp in the tents. Um, uh, there are brothers who have hired yurts, which are small cabins. Um, and uh, there may be some room in those. I'm not sure. Uh, but I have some information. The schedule, what you need to re- be reminded of. It's self-catered, uh, rides worked out on your own, uh, lockkin.co.uk is the website of the facility we're staying at. Uh, we look forward to seeing all the men, hopefully who can make it next uh, Friday uh, in Scotland. Uh, and those who are not able to make it, um, uh, the men uh, and, and, and the women, the men that are not able to make the men's retreat will have their own service here. That'll be downstairs, not in this room, but in the sixth form. Uh, and Ricky Gambino and Scott Wakefield will be heading that up. So we will have a service here for all the men who aren't able to make it to the retreat. Uh, next weekend, and the women are going to have their own service up here, so all the women and children will meet up here next Sunday at 4 p.m., uh, and there will be Kids Kingdom worked out as well, so uh, that's what's going on next weekend, a busy weekend uh, for everybody, and don't forget, we're hosting School of Missions here in Birmingham, uh, Paula Ugolini from the Glasgow Church will be speaking to us on church history from the 7th to the 8th of July, we're still working out the location for that, but the whole church is invited to attend those two sessions free of charge, so uh, look forward to that together. Uh, the title of my sermon uh, this evening... It's training with the teacher. Training with the teacher. Luke chapter 6. Let's read it here together uh, in a moment. Uh, as you saw, there were some Australian guests speaking here. And uh, I would be amiss not to, uh, to say a few things. Uh, the, the Coker family uh, are great friends of, of, of Mandy and I's. Uh, we... Uh, uh, we're with them, of course, in Sydney for four years. They serve as deacons in the Sydney church. And all four of their grown children are all disciples of Jesus. And so they're a great family. And uh, they, they are, their oldest son, James, uh, married Shuna. Shuna. Shuna, where's Shuna? Shuna's right there. Shuna's from York. And uh, she was reached out to through uh, Sarah D'Souza. Uh, eventually became a disciple in the Melbourne church there. And then fell in love with James, the Australian. So they got married in Australia. But they just had the reception last Friday in York. And so we were able to come up and celebrate with them and... Uh, Congratulations to them, and awesome to have them here, and James Song leading as well, amen. 
And so they are, they are, they're like the Wakefields, one Aussie, one English in that family. And uh, that's exciting. So we'll be seeing them, I'm sure, on occasion. Uh, and then also Monique uh, came along as well, who's right beside Shuna there. If Monique, there she is. And uh, Monique is a great sister. Uh, she's in the Sydney Church as well, but not for long. She uh, was actually one of the first students baptized when we moved there uh, a while ago in Sydney. Uh, and, and Monique has been doing full-time work with the student ministry in Sydney. And she's now going to go work with the church in Auckland, New Zealand. So she's kind of on a little European vacation before she goes to New Zealand to change the world for Jesus. And so that's exciting to have her here, and we want to welcome her too. Um, I think that's all the Australians. And then Johnny, Johnny's one of the siblings that came along. Johnny just finished uh, high school. He's on his gap year, and I've been recruiting him to come to Birmingham for a one-year challenge. We'll see how that goes. Um, amen. He's liked it so far, I think. So uh, yeah, if you, you know, you guys want to help me with that, talk to Johnny later. Uh, amen. So yeah, two of the siblings are not here. They're home taking their exams in Australia. So uh, yeah, great to have the Coker family here. We had a great time last night with them and Friday, and I uh, love them a lot. Uh, amen. Luke chapter um, uh, 6. We're going to read here. Um, and, and, and you know, obviously it's great to have uh, friends in town, and that's exciting. Uh, but obviously the UK, we've been going through some challenging times uh, with, the, with the attack uh, in London and then in Manchester and now again in London. Uh, and I think, you know, we looked just a few Sundays ago at Jesus teaching on loving our enemies. And so I think it really uh, is urgent uh, that we really uh, live out the teachings of Christ now more than ever uh, in our neighborhoods, our communities. Uh, and let's really be prayerful uh, and, and really vigilant uh, you know, to really love people the way Jesus would uh, in these challenging times. Of course, that was sad news again last night. Uh, also this week, uh, some sad news. Ken Miller's fa- father passed away, and Ken's here with us this afternoon. Uh, so if you could keep Ken and his family uh, in your prayers, I know he would uh, greatly appreciate that. Um, as well. Uh, Luke chapter 6, uh, so much in here that, that really we need. And I think these reminders of, of family, uh, you know, brothers you know, losing family members and, and, and the tragedy in London last night remind us of how much, just how much uh, we need Jesus uh, and his teachings. Uh, and so we'll go on here in Luke chapter 6 and verse 43. Uh, this is the end of what is called the Sermon on the Plain that Jesus gives. Uh, similar to Matthew's record of the Sermon on the Mountain. In Luke 6, verse 43, he goes on to say, No good tree bears bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. Verse 45, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. He goes on in verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. Jesus says in verse 48, They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. So let's look at uh, two big ideas here if we can um, from the sermon uh, on the plane here as we close out our study of this great part of the text. Uh, You know, Jesus, you know, he, He is our Lord, He is our Savior, but He's also our great teacher as well. Amen. And uh, we read this last Sunday with Corey. Uh, He said previously before this in verse 39, he says, Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. 
You know, the Christian life lived well doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. We must, as Jesus says here, be fully trained by Him, our great Teacher, Lord, and Savior. And so this this meeting this meeting today, perhaps we should have on you know our track suits and our trainers because we need to get trained up in Jesus, right? We, we we need to hear His words. We need to be inspired by His life. We need to be impacted by what He did for us on the cross, as the Coker so, so beautifully shared about. And and so we've got to really have this mentality and this mindset that we need to get trained. By Jesus. Are we training with the teacher? Two big ideas here uh, to close out our time this evening. The first big idea here I think Jesus talks about is this idea to get trained by Him, you've got to take inside inventory. You've got to take inside inventory. And in verses uh, 43 to 45, it's a, very, it's a very simple analogy here Jesus gives us. He talks about, you know, a, a, a good tree, it, it doesn't bear bad fruit. And a bad tree, it cannot, it cannot bear good fruit. And it's a very simple analogy, but he, he gets a little deeper, right? If you go on, he says in verse 45, A good man, now he brings it from trees to people, A good man brings good things out of the good sort of in his heart. Oh, he's talking about us, not, not orange trees and apple trees. Oh, okay. And an evil man brings evil, evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. And so Jesus, you know, he's talking about our hearts ultimately here in this analogy about good trees and bad trees. You know, we all bear fruit, spiritually speaking. All of our lives are producing something, right? Whether that be good or bad or or somewhere in between. Apparently, according to Jesus, there is no in between. It's either good fruit or bad fruit uh, that we're all producing in life. And, And, you know, we... We, 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 we like fruit, you know, as humans. We've always had a fascination with fruit, if you think about it. We have fruit and all kinds of, you know, savory and sweet products to this day. Go into the grocery store and it's everywhere, right? And, uh, and we were just hanging out with the Cokers, you know, being from Australia. And uh, you know, they got great mangoes there. Oh, man, passion fruit. Oh, it's, it's tremendous. But the berries in Australia, they're not very good. Because it's, it's not the right place to grow berries. But you come to the U.K., and you eat the strawberries and the blueberries. Oh my goodness, you know. And I, I love the strawberries and blueberries here. And we had a nice salad with them last night and some crepes this morning as well. We enjoyed those berries uh, together. We were taking care of our Australian friends. Amen. Showing them some of the best the UK has to offer. And uh, but one of my but my most favorite fruit is not blueberries and strawberries. It's free fruit. And we live right next to Cannon Hill Park. And, and, and when we had just moved here last August from Australia, um, you know, I never forget walking through Cannon Hill Park and I discovered, wait a second, there's blackberry bushes everywhere. And apparently this is free. There's no science saying I can't take these. So we, we went out with Tupperware containers, me and my family. We were just picking, we were, you know, we were like migrant workers. We were just out there picking blueberries and blackberries. You know, the whole autumn there in Cannon Hill Park, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I'm still excited about it. I'm looking forward to next September. I'm going to get bigger containers and we're going to do even more. And so we, you know, we all have different, different kinds of fruit, right? We all have different kinds of fruit. And the Bible speaks a lot, speaks a lot about different kinds of spiritual fruit uh, in our lives. Um, here in the, in, in the text here, um, it talks about the good and the bad fruit. But um, here in, a, in, in the Bible, if I can get the slide to work... There we go. Um, there's all kinds of fruit the Bible speaks of that we all bear. And we often bear spiritually as disciples of Jesus. Matthew 3, 8, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, the, the fruit of repentance. I'm sorry, that's John the Baptist. Um, the fruit of repentance is one of those fruits. Uh, in Galatians 5, to 23, it's the, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, 
forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In Philippians 1, uh, verse 11, Paul calls the church in Philippi to be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 13, verse 15, the writer there says that we're to, to offer the fruit of lips that openly profess Jesus' name. Um, and so there's all kinds of fruit, all kinds of fruit uh, that the Bible says we ought to bear as Christians. And, and the issue here that Jesus speaks of, it, it's not the kind of fruit, right? Although the Bible does specify lots of kinds of fruit uh, that we ought to bear. The quality of the fruit. Is it good fruit or is it bad fruit? And according to John 15 verse 5, the last scripture I've quoted here, Jesus says, if we remain in him... We'll bear much fruit. And so according to Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, as Christians, we ought to be bearing much good fruit. That should describe our lives. It should look like those blackberry bushes in Canada Hill Park. There's just good fruit everywhere. God's doing all kinds of great things through us. And, and what we see here, according to this passage, is that we actually have a choice in this matter. We can choose to bear this fruit, or we can choose not to bear this fruit. And Jesus says, how you really do that is, it's all about your inventory. It's all about what you store up inside of you. Again, in verse 45, if you put good things into your heart, then, then, then this good fruit will come. But if you put evil things into your heart, he says, this, this bad fruit, this bad fruit uh, in the end will be produced. So what is going in us? Where are we planted is a great question based on what Jesus is saying here. The root produces the fruit, right? And that rhymes. That's easy to remember. You know, are we putting the right things in our hearts and in our lives? You know, if I, if I have a diet of bacon and sausage, which is tempting, and McDonald's, and that's all I eat for a whole year, my cholesterol, it's going to go up. That's guaranteed. Some of you right now are thinking, I need to call the doctor. Wow, yeah, that's a good point. You know, it's going to go up because what, what, what we put inside of us physically affects our heart health. And spiritually, Jesus is saying the same thing. If you're, if you're, you're getting lots of, of sinful things being brought into your, your eyes and your ears and, and, and your feelings and your heart, then, then, then evil is going to come out of you. There's going, to be, there's going to be bad fruit. You know, sometimes we make Christianity complicated, but here it's quite simple. What goes in us spiritually eventually is going to come out. You know, it's as simple as that. And as Christians, we, we understand the obvious things. You know, the drunkenness, the lust, the greed, the hate. We know if we bring that into our lives, it's going to destroy us. Well, I think Satan works much more subtly when it comes to the bad things in our hearts that produce bad fruit. I think he, he, he even uses what I call, quote-unquote, acceptable sins. There's no such thing as that, biblically speaking. But as Christians, we can kind of tolerate... Certain sins that are that are more common amongst Christians. If someone was was you know a daughter, oh well, that's not acceptable. But someone gossips, oh that's not really a big deal. Someone is now getting drunk every weekend. They go, oh that's terrible. You shouldn't be doing that. But so, but someone slandering someone, oh that's not really a big deal. And so there's these acceptable sins, quote unquote, uh, that oftentimes I believe fools. And I think that's what Jesus is calling out here. That's the stuff because he's talking about it's the stuff in your heart. It's the stuff we think. It's the stuff we feel. That oftentimes uh, starts to produce that bad fruit in our lives. You know, I think about gossip and slander. That's always a common acceptable sin among Christians. Shouldn't we always talk to someone who's offended us first? And if we've worked that out, why do we need to talk to anybody else? But we oftentimes talk to someone else about that person that's offended us. That'd be the sin of gossip, right? And then slander is one more step further. It's taking something negative about the person and telling someone else about that person to, to bring that person's image down and to make yourself feel better. 
And, you know, if someone comes to me and is talking about someone negatively, shouldn't I not listen to it and say, whoa, 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 have you talked to them? I don't, I don't want to hear this. Should, shouldn't that be my first response? That's, that's the way to keep the good fruit and, and not get the bad fruit of my heart. But it's so easy to, to go the other way with that. And to be a listening ear and to be a sympathetic person toward that gospel slander. You know, it's quite easy to let this, this bad stuff, even in the church, come into our hearts. And then next thing you know, we're not, we're not trusting each other. The Bible says love always trusts. But we hear something and we think, oh, well maybe that's kind of true. Hmm. Uh, you know, but, but again, we don't then go to that person and find out what's going on and, 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 seek, and seek the truth and seek reconciliation. It's so easy in our relationships to bring in that bad stuff that ultimately in the end will produce bad fruit among us and in our church. We, we cannot tolerate that. That sin is not acceptable to God. Those sins are listed in Galatians 5 for a reason. Those, those are things that we cannot have in our lives. You know, I think about a lack of forgiveness. We talked about this in, earlier in Luke 6. You know, Jesus calls us to have, you know, agape love toward our enemies. And that's, that's a love that just is willed. It's, it's a love that just you just know that's what you ought to do, so you do it, even though it may be hard. But the Christian idea of love in the church is always the love of filio. It's an affectionate, warm, you know, tenderness that we should have with each other. But I think in the church, after a while, when we have tension with each other, it's easy to settle for the, it's easy to settle for the agape and never want the filio anymore. But we should have both always in the church. It should be filled with both agape and filio and love for each other. But it's so easy to settle for, for just the agape love. Well, I have to love them anyway because they're my brother or sister in Christ. Rather than really work toward the filial with each other. Again, I think that's, that's acceptable sin. It's a lack of love. But we think, oh, it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, they don't really get along very well. And we don't work that out. It's, it's not acceptable according to the Word of God. But we accept it as, as Christians sometimes. And that's that bad stuff. And this is probably, to me, the number one sin in an older church. And this is an older church. And this might be the number one sin that maybe we accept in our hearts. It's that of faithlessness. You know, I've, I've heard things since I've been here. Oh, it's really hard. It's really hard to convert the English to Jesus. It's really hard. Oh, that's quite interesting that you can make an observation about a whole culture of people based on your very narrow view. But we can say those things. When I was in Roanoke, Virginia, we planted a church that's very religious. It's the beginning of the American Bible Belt. Everyone knows the Bible. Everyone goes to church. And, and guess what happened a few years into planting the church? Oh, everyone's so religious. Oh, everyone already goes to church. We can't get anybody to come to our church. It's the same kind of thing. Guess when I moved to Australia, what happened? Oh, Australians are so hard to convert. Oh, they're so hard to bring to you. Everywhere I go, I I hear it because faithlessness faithlessness is that that acceptable sin that is the church we, we, we let in our hearts and then sadly we, it starts coming out of our mouth like Jesus says we start storing that stuff up we start believing it we start building doctrines around it well the only way you can convert this kind of person is if you do this and, and then you do this and then maybe one day you might get you know and we start building doctrines around in the church and it's so destructive God can raise Jesus dead in the tomb after three days from the dead, but He cannot convert a white English person. Really? Really? No way. It's the other way around. That's nothing to God. That's nothing to God. You know, God can use a band of unschooled, ordinary men in the book of Acts to transform the world like nothing ever has, but He can't use us to reach Muslims. Really? Really? No, He, he can do way more. Way more than we understand or imagine or even ask, the Bible says. But we let that faithlessness come in. 
And we, and we, and we talk about it. And, we, and we, we massage it. And we hug it. And we hold on to it. And that's, that's that bad stuff. Now Jesus says, we've got we to gotta get that out of the storehouse of our hearts. That's faithlessness. When was the last time you confessed faithlessness? When was the last time you confessed faithlessness? Romans, Romans uh, I just skipped the scripture, sorry. Oh, it's not in there, sorry. Um, Romans 14, 23, I apologize, says, Everything that does not come from faith is sin. So I would say faithlessness is sin, according to Romans 14, verse 23. The faithlessness, the acceptable sin of faithlessness, the gossip, the mistrust, the unforgiveness, we've got to get rid of it. We've got to start storing that up in our hearts, in our conversations, and in our lives. It's not acceptable, let alone the sin out in the world. But I'm just talking about our, our hearts right now in this church, amen? Yeah, we, we can get to that another time. And, and that's, that, that's Jesus is talking to religious people here. And how we can just easily store up these evil things in our hearts. And eventually that's just going to bear bad fruit. And, and, and the funny thing is, the more you believe a faithless thing, oh, well, you know, I, you know my family, they're just not open. No one in my family is ever going to become a Christian. The more you believe that, that's, you know, that's the evil thing in your heart. Well, well what, what's the fruit after that? Well, you stop sharing your faith with your family members. You stop being bold when you, when you get those opportunities with them because you, you allow that faithlessness to be stored up in your heart. And so the fruit is no longer good. It's bad when those opportunities come. You, you understand what I'm saying here? It's a simple concept, but it's quite deep. It's quite deep. You know, we've got to have this inside inventory. You know, we've got to be willing to really take a look as to what's really going on. And I, and I love what Jesus says here. I have all kinds of trouble with the clicker tonight. I love what Jesus says here. You know, he, he gives us a simple solution. He says, get rid of that bad stuff and start bringing in the good stuff. In verse 45, he says, you know, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And that's one of my favorite passages. Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How do we deal with that faithlessness? How do we deal with that gossip and that slander that we so easily accept? He says, you know, just start bringing in the good stuff. Start bringing in the good stuff. And there's so much of that out there that God wants us to have. Uh, you know, for me recently, you know, I, I got an old... I was trying to ask my daughters if they know these old church songs. And, and you know, we've been in quite a few churches in the last five years. And, and I realized some of the songs that I knew really well and their mom knew, they didn't really know. And so I got an old Songs of the Kingdom songbook, you know. And we started, we started singing songs. There was like an hour of us just singing songs together and, and then making fun of me half the time because I can't sing very well. But and it was just so good for my heart to worship God like that, you know, spontaneously with my family. Uh, recently walking, you know, I'm trying to go to Cannon Hill Park every morning for a prayer walk. And lately, you know, the flowers blooming and the birds chirping and, and it just it just changes my day. When I spend, you know, 20, 30 minutes out there in that park before I really get going in the morning, it changes my day. You know, what are you doing? What are you doing on a daily and weekly basis to bring that good stuff and store it up in your heart? Getting around those people. Last night we had the, you know, the Cokers and Monique over. And we're, we're laughing. We're playing games. We're talking about old stories. We're, we're having tension. We're having discipling times on the side. I mean, it was just, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. I needed that. It was good for my soul. Are you setting up those times? Oh, I'm just, oh, we need to catch up. Oh, we're just too busy to catch up. No, you need those relationships. You need to have those dinner parties. You need to have those, those prayer walks. Because that's why we store up those good things. So we can become those, more and more of those good trees that bear that good fruit. Amen? The world needs our good fruit. 
The world needs our good fruit. But we've got to take that inside inventory to be able to produce that in our lives. That's part of the training with the teacher. And the other one here uh, this evening is firm foundations. We've got to have an inside inventory and we've got to have firm foundations. Here in Luke 6, you know, Jesus, you know, his father was a carpenter and so he knew a little bit about building, right? And here he gives a nice building analogy. And he starts out by challenging these people. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Jesus is really bothered, really bothered, indignant as a matter of fact, right? Uh, when we call him Lord, but we don't act like it. It really, it really gets under his skin. And so he goes on to give this analogy to give us some, some, some hope as to why we could, we, we, we could do what he says and not just listen to what he says. And he talks about these two kinds of houses, right? One that's built, one that's built on, the, on the rock, it's dug down deep. And one that's just, it's just, it's just built it's just built in the shallow part. It's not really, it's, it's not really, uh, it doesn't have a great foundation, right, it says. And so when the, when the torrent comes, it's just built on the ground. And when the torrent comes, it's not dug deep into the ground. It says it collapses and its destruction, its destruction is complete. There in Luke 6, uh, verses 46 to 49. You know, fully trained disciples, fully trained Christians, they hear Jesus' words and they do what he says. Um, and, and it's kind of an interesting Analogy to us because we don't, you know, we had zoning laws and you know flood zones and all those kinds of things. But in Palestine, uh, it's a very arid place, and, and oftentimes people would find places to build homes where it was just easy. And, and during the summer months, it's very dry. Oftentimes, the dried up riverbeds would be an easy place to build a home. It'd be easy to, to make it happen. And but then come September, the, the rainy season starts coming in in Palestine, and those riverbeds they start to flood. And so literally this would happen, uh, you know, you know in, in Matthew's parallel account, Matthew 7, it's the wise builder and the foolish builder, right? Um, and so, so literally this would happen uh, in Jesus' day. Uh, and so this wasn't really something that was theoretical. Uh, it literally did happen. Um, I'm sure within families, one brother built his house, you know, on, on the solid ground and one brother didn't. And, and one had a house one day and one didn't, you know. And, and, and so it's an interesting concept, but it begs the question, why would, why would you build something that important in your house... Why would you build it on the wrong foundation? Why would you build it in the wrong way? Well, we know sometimes it's, it's quicker to build that way. We like instant gratification. Sometimes it's easier. The path of least resistance, right, is often easier. Sometimes it's just, we just like to be shallow. You know, people say today the Christian faith is, you know, it's, it's a mile wide and an inch deep. You know, we, just, we, like to, we like to settle for the shallow things in life sometimes. Uh, but, but the bottom line is here, according to this passage, even, even with our faith sometimes, we often choose what appears good in the moment. Even with our, our faith, our, our eternal salvation, we get lazy, we get short-sighted. And that's what the picture that Jesus is giving here. It's not really about, of course, uh, it's not really about literally a house. It's about how are we build in our lives. Are we building our lives deep with Christ? Are we living on these shallow grounds that are eventually one day going to collapse and we've got to ask these questions before the torrent comes. We've got to ask these questions before the flood comes. Because, of course, it's going to come. You know, I'm not much of a carpenter myself. Um, but I was playing Django recently, as close as I came to it, against Roland Brown. Is Roland in here? He's in Kids Kingdom with my wife, sorry. Yeah, Roland and I, we were having this, we were having this serious match with Jenga. Uh, the, the, the McCarty's and Sigworth family groups get together once a month for a game night, and we have a Bible talk. It's a great great event. I recommend come to it sometime if you haven't. And, uh, and Roland and I, you know, we're just going at it, you know. We're taking out the Jenga pieces and stacking them on top. And, 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 and next thing I know, like, the whole room is watching us play. I'm, a, I'm like, sweating drops, you know. I, this is getting serious, you know. And, uh, 
And Roland won. Amen. He won. But, but, you know, eventually it just gets so high. It just gets so high and that foundation gets so fragile as you plot the pieces. You know, eventually it just, it just can't support the weight. It can't support the weight at the top. And the, and the thing comes tumbling down. And, and Jesus is describing our lives this way. He says, you know, eventually, eventually if, you don't, if you don't keep hearing His words and putting them into practice, eventually that's, 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 that's your life. Your life is like my last Jenga move. You're going down. Sooner or later, you know, if we, if we stop hearing and practicing what Jesus teaches us, it's going to crumble. And it may not come till Jesus returns. It may not come till you die and meet your maker, but Jesus says it's going to come if you don't hear my words and do what I say. So the solution is simple, yet daunting, right, at the same time. Is that, is that how we really live? Jesus says it and I do it. Jesus says it and I do it. You know, is that, is that the blueprint of your life? If, you could, if someone could just ask you for a sentence to describe the way you live your Christian life, is that it? That should be it, really, if we're disciples of Jesus. Jesus says it and I do it. That, that should be it. That should be the, the description of our life. But if we look at our life over the last few weeks, is that really what we're following? And so the question is, what are we building then? What are we building? If it's not... Hearing what Jesus says and putting it into practice. You know, Jesus, He is our He's our only rock in life. You know, I, I appreciate, I appreciate my marriage. I appreciate my wife. She 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 is a rock in my life. There's no doubt about it. I, I'm a I'm I'm ten times a better disciple of Jesus because of my wife. I am a hundred times better uh, evangelist in the church because of my wife. I'm a thousand times better father because of my wife. But she is not the rock. She she's a rock in my life, but she is not the rock. And the only reason I can really even truly appreciate my wife and all that she is is because of the rock of Christ. Without Christ, there's no way I could have a marriage like that. That would transform me and, and transform my life. There's no way. But because I, I, I know what Jesus wants for me as a husband, because it's clear in the Word, and I do what it says, I'm able to have a, a marriage like that. And you can too, amen, for all of us who are married, because it really is that simple. If you're single... It's, it's challenging to be pure, but you, you can be pure. You can absolutely be pure because you can, you, can, you can know that Jesus' words are true. And you can follow them. And if that means you stay single your whole life, well then amen, you stay single your whole life. If that's His mission for you, you can trust it. If it's clear in His word and you do what it says, you can trust it. You can trust it, whatever it may be. And in the church, we tend to be great at amening these points. And hearing these points, but we don't, we don't oftentimes, we, we, we lose it in doing it. We lose it oftentimes in doing those things. What are we doing about what Jesus has made clear? He does the talking, we do the walking. It's as simple as that. You know, I was reading a commentary here as we close out. It said, the parable here, referring to this last one, the wise and foolish builders, it gives a sober warning. How tragic not to respond to Jesus' teaching. How foolish... Not to build on the rock that can weather the storms of life. What a tragic waste when we fail to heed Jesus. Let's not, let's not build on the wrong foundation. Let's, let, let's not be fooled by the ways of this world. And in contrast, how wonderful, how beautiful, how stable is a life built on the rock. And that's, that's the picture here Jesus gives us. He gives us that choice. 
But you've got to follow the, blue, the blueprint, right? You've got you to hear what Jesus says and do what He says. And according to verse 48, you will not be shaken if that's how you live. You know, are we training with the teacher? Are we building on firm foundations, hearing His words? That's why we have that quiet time, right? And doing what it says day in and day out. And if you're visiting with us this evening, thanks for coming. You know, Jesus, he, he, He's offering you a lifetime membership to His gym tonight. The offer's, the offer's on. It's always on, but it's especially on tonight. Because you're here visiting with us and you're hearing Him speak. You know, He wants, he wants to help you in life. He, he wants to, to, to train you and to make you into the person that you really want to be in many ways and, and even what God wants you to be. But you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing to come to Him, to humble yourself before Him, to allow Him to be your teacher by being your Lord and Christ. Through faith, through repentance and baptism in His name, He can be your teacher in life and He can train you and He can mold you into a man or woman that you would never picture. That, that, that's so much more than you could ever imagine. Through, through the power of just coming to Him as your teacher, your life can be transformed. Please let us know as a church if we can help you with that. We'd love to help you with that by opening the Bible with you. And to simply share with you His words. That's what's changed our lives and that's what can change yours as well. You know, Jesus can equip you for a life lived well. Not a life lived easy. I do want to clarify that. I think the Christian life, it's a tough life. It's a hard life. But it's the best life. You know, you got to go to the gym spiritually and sweat every day. But, but, but when Jesus really does that in our lives, we really get trained by Him. It changes our lives. It changes our communities. It changes our cities. It changes the world. But we got to decide to train with a teacher today. We gotta to decide to train you with the teacher this week. So this week, take some inside inventory tonight. As you before Monday starts, take some inside inventory tonight. Maybe right now after service, you need to confess that faithlessness. Maybe you need to confess that lack of forgiveness. Maybe you need to confess that slander. Or whatever it is. Maybe, maybe it's a more obvious sin and you've just been hiding it. It's in the darkness. You need to get that evil out of your heart tonight. Right now. Don't wait. And then see how God will then bring out that good fruit again in your life. And you can be that good tree that I know God and you want to be. And let's continue to look at our foundations. The thing that attracted me to this church you know, 20 plus years ago is because they read the Bible and they did what it said. I'd never seen people live like that. I'd never seen the power of people living like that. And I saw people living like that and I thought, that's what I need in my life. But, the, but that, that's still true today. When I, when I take this and you take this and we live it out, we live it out, we have that firm foundation, we can handle anything in life. The torrent can come. And it says we will not be shaken. So church, let's get fully trained by the teacher, inside inventory, and firm foundations. Thank you very much. And the Birmingham Church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for it. Let's show our appreciation for us again.